Hey guys, welcome to the Brent Gambrell Podcast. Brent is a speaker, author, and missionary. An, un- an unconventional and reluctant missionary. Yes, to both of those. But join Brent as he shares some of his favorite sermons throughout the years and even has some in-person conversations. So join us. When he says tonight's my last night, it, it's uh, <laughs> it's not my last night forever, okay? It's uh, my last night for two months. As I take the weekends, I mean, as I take these next weeks and, um, and go be with sticky people in camps all over this country. And so tonight, I've asked the band to, uh, to stay up, and we're going to do something a little different. Um, I had a message planned for tonight, and... Uh, it was one of those things where God said, okay, you can do that one. I won't show up. I said, okay. And uh, it actually was last night at 11 o'clock <laughs> that um, I said, okay, this is my last time for a couple of months with you guys. And the reason I do that, um, the reason we do that, number one, is to give you a break from me and me a break from you. Um, so I can come back fresh. And you can get a new perspective over this summer for two months with some uh, very cool things that are going to go on here. Um, a guy by the name of Doug Dees is going to speak to you for two months. And there's uh, going to be some special guests in and out. One I know is, is a guy named Kenan Birch, who used to be a guitar player here in the Metro Band. He's going to come and, and share some, some grace with you guys. And I can't wait to hear the reports back. Uh, so, I'll be talking about that in a little bit, but I just went, okay, God, tonight's the last night for a couple of months, and I am going to miss this, okay? You don't understand, this is such a uh, refreshing time for me every week when I come here. This is a time for me to come and, and, and be around a, it's, you know, you guys don't understand. This is like a party for me, okay? You know, this is my living room, and we're just all partying. It's a good time. Um, so I'm going to miss it. And I was like, God, what, what can, what can, for two months, what can I send people off doing? And, uh, or what, what do you want to say? What do you, what do you want to do? And uh, so this is, you know, this is the last time we're going to feed on your word. And I thought, <laughs> this is our last supper together for a while. So I'd, what better thing to do than the last supper? Um, and I thought, this is a dumb idea. This is a, this is a multi-denominational gathering of people. And we look at everything different. And so I want to respect everyone in this room in your denominational beliefs on the Last Supper and on communion. But I want to have communion because we are the body of Christ. Some of you in this room um, believe in the sacraments and some do not. Some believe it's a representation. That is neither here nor there this evening. Feel the freedom if you don't feel that, that, that this is being done in a way that you believe in your, in, in your belief structure. Feel the freedom not to participate. It is so okay. Take this time as a time of reflection. 
But I want to I share with you the Lord's Supper. And I really want us to share the Lord's Supper because that's a problem we have. Now, where does the Lord's Supper come from? Exodus 12 was the first time they held... The, 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 the Israelis held the Passover. It was a time where the plagues of Egypt were going on and, and God said, place the, lamb, place the blood of the Lamb above a doorpost and the angel of death will pass over. And from that, they began to celebrate the Feast of Passover and the Feast of, the, the feast of Unleavened Bread. They were given by God a meal to, hand, to deal with. Anybody ever been to an entire Passover Seder? Anybody? Now the actual Passover is hours and hours and hours long. And the most incredible thing is if, if you've ever been to a Passover Seder, every single thing, every element within there, they have the set and the parsley and they're supposed to eat the bitter herb and they're supposed to, everything is a representation of something. But it all points to Jesus. And so we see that in Exodus 12. Then, if you'll go with me, if you, if you got your Bible, to so Matthew 26. Matthew 26. They're about to sit down and celebrate the Passover with Jesus, the 12 disciples. And this is where he turns to Judas. They're saying, he says, Some, one of you is going to betray me. And, and, and Judas says, not I, Lord, surely not I. This is where all that happens. But Jesus freaks them out in the middle of the Passover. They're in the middle of this long meal where everything has a representation. It, every part of that meal represents something else. And Jesus changed one of the elements, two actually. He short-circuited the Passover Seder, which was absolutely absurd in that day. Can you imagine having celebrated the Passover Seder for your entire life and having somebody walk in, sit down with you and say, nope, this means something else. Now. Jesus looked down in Matthew 26. If you go over to... If you go over... Oh, excuse me. Yeah, Matthew 26. 26. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took the bread... And gave thanks and broke it. And then he said something really incredible. He said, take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and offered it to them saying, drink from it all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. He short-circuited the entire Passover Seder right there. And set forth a new covenant. Covenant means promise. The old promise was that they would, that the angel would pass over. The new promise is eternal life, not just salvation from that particular course that the Pharaoh was on. He short circuited everything. They began to celebrate what we now know as the Lord's Supper. They instituted it in the, in the New Testament church. 
But then people started to abuse it and turn it into a huge party. This huge festival now became just that, a festival. And in 1 Corinthians, go there and we'll park. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul gets ticked off at the Corinthians. Paul is really ticked. He's telling them, he's yelling at them about several things. And he said, listen, you have taken the, the, the Passover and turned it into a, a drunken party where some of you come in and you don't serve the poor first. You take all the food for yourself. And you take this most holy of things and you have destroyed it. And he tells them that that the, the, he reinstitutes the Passover here and says, no, the Lord's Supper, this time of communing with God is holy and you need to treat it as such. And he tells them they are to do three things. There are three basic things we do during a time of communion that we're supposed to do every time. Does it happen... How many times should it happen? Well, should it happen every time we meet? Should it happen once a quarter? Should it happen once every other quarter? What should... Jesus said, as, as often as you do this. <laughs> Grace. Don't tell me i got to do it once a quarter. Every single summer. Don't tell me that. He said, as, as often as you do it. <laughs> we start putting laws back in there. He's given grace. We're adding laws. But he says, as often as you do it. And then Paul tells them what they're supposed to do. And that's what I want to do tonight. We're going to share in the Lord's Supper. In 1 Corinthians 11, 23, he says this. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took the bread... And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. One of the first things he said we're supposed to do when we take the Lord's Supper is we're to remember what Jesus has done for us. Y'all go ahead. We're to remember what Jesus has done for us. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to share the Lord's Supper tonight. A lot of times in our churches, the Lord's Supper has turned into this time of, and it was in me, very introspective, and it's supposed to be. We'll see that in a minute. But the Lord's Supper was a celebration. And we've taken it and turned it into something that I don't think God intended it to be. It is a celebration. Is it a time for deep introspection, for absolute examining of yourselves? Yes, we're going to get there. But it's a time of celebration of what God has done for us. If you're in this place and you're a lost person and you don't know Jesus as your Savior and you don't know what this is all about, we are free in Christ. Do not share in this. It's okay. But the first thing we're supposed to do is remember. Looking back in our past, what has God done for you? Now, a lot of you in this room don't know each other. 
That's cool. We're about to get to know each other a little. Now for you, if this is a very intense time and, and this, this is a time where you want to do these things absolutely alone by yourself, that is okay. If you don't know a soul and don't want to share, that's okay. I'm going to ask that the, the, the people I, I told to stand and, and pass these things out in just a second, do that right now, stand. If there's a, what we're going to do in just a second is for this first part of this communion time, we're going to remember what God has done for us. If you know no one here and don't wish to share, you can just stick your hand up and they'll give you a card and you can write these things down yourself just for you. But I know this, this is going to be a different time tonight because what I want us to do is get in small groups. And I want you to start this communion time by sharing what the Lord has done for you. Before we begin this particular portion, I want to tell you what He's done for me in my past. He has healed me. He has freed me of my past. Of some abuse in my past. He has healed me. He saved me from a life of abs that was headed absolutely down the wrong way. And I have a particular verse that I always think through in Romans. I know I made y'all stand up, get over it. Romans chapter 3. This was me before, and I want to show you how I'm remembering. When I started going through this, I went, God, this is what I remember. Romans chapter 3, verse 10. This was me. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands or who seeks God. That was me. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. That was me. There is no one who does good, not even one. That was me. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. That was me. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. That was me. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. That was where I was. The way of peace they do not know. Oh my goodness, that was me. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That's where I was. But then I look at Romans chapter 5 and this is where I am now and this is what God has done. But God demonstrates His own love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we now have been justified by His blood. How much more will we be saved from God's wrath through Him? For if when we were God's enemies we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through His life? If you look at Romans chapter 3, 4, and 5, that is my life. My God has healed me. I can't even start to speak of it because I... My God has just recently, I'm remembering these things as I speak, healed my mother of cancer. As of today, He took a baby that had spina bifida and the baby no longer has to be catheterized as of today. God has healed. God has restored me. He's taken me from something where I had no self-esteem and gave me His strength. That's mine. If I'm going to remember what God has done, I don't have to look any farther than yesterday, this morning. 
I want you to take just a minute. Get in groups two, three, four, twelve. I don't care. If you need to do this alone, that is so okay. But take this time for just a moment. And remember what Christ has done for you. Tell these people around you. I don't care if they don't know you. The Bible says they overcame by the, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You may be talking to somebody who... And if God is not... If you don't remember anything God has done for you because He's not done anything, say it. We are free in Christ. Say, I can't see a thing. You know what? The person talking to you may remind you of something. But take a minute right now. Turn to the people around you. Say, you know what? I don't know you, but let me tell you what God did for me. Do it right now. Go. If you need to share alone with yourself, grab these cards. Spread out. Go. Go. you need a card. If you just want to write these things down and you need a card, you just slip your hand up.
I know that some of you could share all night. What is down in your past? Um, let's move on. <laughs> That's the theme of my life, you know that? He said, get over it. Yeah. That's just the theme of my life. That's what he's done. <laughs> and uh, as Paul was yelling at the Corinthians, he said this too. In verse 28, he said, uh, a man ought to examine himself before he eats the bread and drinks the cup. Not just looking at the past, but looking at the present. Examining ourselves before the Lord. It goes on to say, because anyone who eats and drinks of the cup in an unworthy manner without examining himself, without bringing himself under judgment, eats and drinks judgment on himself and death. I take that very, very seriously in my life. Not taking the cup, not taking the bread in a flippant way, but taking the time to say, Father, I want to examine myself before you now. What is the sin in my life that I've not given over? So the question now is, what is God doing in you right now? What is it that He is convicting you of? What in your life right now is He doing again? Sometimes I fall in the convicting hand of God and sometimes I fall into the comfortable arms of God. And for some of us, there's conviction of sin and there's also God doing miraculous things in your life right now. Right now in my life, I'll share with you, God is working on my consistency. I'm about the most inconsistent person I know. <laughs> He's also working on my prayer life. He's convicted me about my prayer life. It's one of those things that I keep saying and I'm not doing anything about. He's convicting me of pride in my life where I think I have all the answers and I don't. So I fake it. But he's doing some incredible things in my life right now too. Like... He's showing me that it's amazing that He doesn't work because of me, but He works in spite of me most of the time. This past weekend, God shows me that He's going to do stuff. I was with the Georgia Baptist Singles this past weekend. And for some of those people in that room, I had no frame of reference. And some of the people I had, I thought at the end of that weekend, got nothing out of this weekend, came up and said... This was exact God spoke. The, were you reading my mail? And I went, 
Oh, God, you're going to work regardless. And I met another exotic dancer. <laughs> she got my other CD. Said, there's this girl that goes to this place called Metro. Y'all need to hook up. And while I was saying goodbye to her, my friend Christina called. Just happened to call. Said, here. <laughs> That's a God thing, people. God's doing miraculous things on this planet, okay? I'm tired of the exotic dancers. I want to move on. But God's doing incredible stuff. He's in me, you know what he's doing? He's doing a little surgery now. Working on the little stuff that I that, that, that I don't call sin. But he does. He's bringing it up and making it feel, I'm smelling the depth of my depravity. He's going, no, this is nasty before me too. Get rid of it. Going, oh, okay. That's what he's doing. Take a minute right now. Examine yourself and share it with others. You're going, uh, uh. Share the Lord's Supper tonight. Share the body of Christ with the body of Christ. You'll never know what He might be ministering through you to someone else. Again, I say, if you need to do this alone, that is so okay. We are so free in Christ. Do whatever you want to do. Whatever you feel the Lord leading you to do. But for some of you, the Lord needs to share these things to somebody else through you. So get with some people. If, if, you, if you at all can, if you see somebody sitting alone, go ask them. Do you want to share? We'll share. This time it's, what is the sin? And what is he doing? What are the miracles? What, what, what is he working on in your life right now? Both good and, and, and bad, whatever you see it. And if there's nothing, share it, be honest. I, I, I am so numb to God right now, I can't stand it. You know what? That's what God's doing in your life right now. It's okay. Share it. You can be mad at God. He's big enough to take it. Go. Share.
Take the time right now. I know you're saying, this is so quick. Yeah, I'm sorry. We could be here till 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I don't know. Take the, uh, take the time right now just to bow in prayer and ask God to examine your heart. Just individually. God, examine my heart. Search my heart, Father. Know my evil ways. See if there's any unclean thing in me. Purge it. Some of you at this moment may be uh, 
saying, God, do I know you? Am I a Christian? This is that time that you need to ask that question. I've ever asked you into my heart. If you haven't, ask him to come in right now and touch you and kill you and raise you again a new creation and make you make you a servant of his. Uh, turn him into your to your to your savior by saying, God, you are no longer Lord of this earth. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You're my boss. Examine my heart, God. here's that stubborn sin I will not lay down I lay it down to you now then we go on to Matthew 26 where Paul tells them the third thing they're to do at a time of communion with God at a time of the the Passover verse 26 of, of chapter 11 of Corinthians says for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes You proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. In Matthew 26, when Jesus instituted this, in verse 29, He said, I tell you the truth, I will not drink of the the fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. It was looking to the future. We proclaim the Lord's death until He comes when we have communion, when we do this Lord's Supper. We're proclaiming His death and His resurrection and His life and His salvation until He comes. Looking to the future, tell me this. If that day was today that He would come back, what would you do today? What would you do different today? What is your calling to proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Everyone has a ministry to proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. What is God calling you to in the future? Tell me, what is it? I'll tell you mine. I know in the future that that my God is calling me. I see the vision of what God is calling me in the future and it is to bring this message of grace to as many people as I can before my heart stops in whatever possible way I do it. On the plane day today to the, to, the, to the guy who's headed to San Diego to his residency, he graduated from Vanderbilt. My job was to share grace to him on that plane for the minute I had him there. 
my job is to, my, my, my calling, what God is doing in me is to share grace to you guys and to the place on Wednesday night and this weekend, wherever I'm going to be, I don't even know yet. I haven't looked at the schedule. But to share grace to as many places as He will call me. But my, I know now my focus is to share His grace because too many people have died under the law. And that gives me purpose in my life. That is how I intend to proclaim the Lord's death until He returns. What is it with you? What's He calling you to do? Maybe it's just one person right now. What, it, what do you see God doing in your future right now? Because this is the time when we, before we share this cup, we're to look to the future and say, God, you died for me. I see what you've done in my past. I know what you're doing right now. And now... I have a vision, God, or you're giving me a small vision of what you're doing in the future. What are the gifts and talents he's given you that you could use for him in the future? Dream a little right now. You're going, now that's a tough one. Good. My God's a futurist. Take a minute and share what you think. Speak in generalities because... He hasn't told you specifically yet because you'd kill yourself if he did. Share. Go. Go. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brink and Brawl podcast. Please subscribe so you can stay up to date on when the newest episodes are released. Also, if you want to find out how to get more involved with Brink Ambrell Ministries, please check out thedoortohope.com.